Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. This is episode number eight, and as always, I'm joined by the delightful Ryan Walker. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, Rubes. Uh, start of a new working week. Uh, it's not great to be back in lockdown. I'm quite upset that I'm not able to do this podcast in the studio by your side. So we're going to have to improvise today virtually, but uh, otherwise all good on my end. What about you? I'm also a bit disappointed that I can't uh, record in the studio with you today as well, Ryan. Where, where are you? I'm actually down in Janjuk. Uh, I've decided to isolate down here. Um and complete my holiday, which I was on prior to the Melbourne lockdown. So, yeah, I think I'll reside down here for the next six weeks and we can work from home, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, with a couple of uh, mates down here and getting it done. So, it's uh, it's good fun. What about you? Have you returned from Anglesey? Yes, I, I'm back in Melbourne. Got a few things on this week. Most of all, excited to, uh, to talk to our guest today. So, I reckon um, let's uh, jump straight into it. We've gone international Ryan, very quickly. So we're going to introduce him all the way from Cincinnati in the uh, in the beautiful state of Ohio in the in the USA. Today we're talking with Michael Wolfert about how to launch your career in the NFL. Michael studied a bachelor's degree in sport and entertainment management at the University of South Carolina before pursuing an MBA as well as a master's of sports administration at the Ohio University which holds a title as the number one sports management course in the world. Well, I believe is when the last time I checked, it was still in the world. We'll have to um, get an update on that. Uh, Michael has been a race week intern at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, a graduate sales assistant for a Division I college sports institution in Ohio University. He then landed a role as a partnerships activation coordinator at the Cincinnati Bengals, where he is now the corporate partnership account coordinator. Very similar to you, Ryan. Mike, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. Rubes, appreciate you having me on, mate. It's uh, it's been a little while. I think we were just talking about two years to the date since I last saw your face in person. But nevertheless, nice to see you through the screen today, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. No, uh, absolute pleasure. It has, yeah, what well, two years today since um, I ventured over to Ohio University to catch up with yourself and a few other people from the Deakin University and Ohio University Sports Studies Tour, which um. Proved to be very fruitful because we're um, still in touch today, which is awesome. Oh, it was great. I still remember that weekend like it was yesterday, picking you up from the airport uh, <laughs> on a three-month holiday or something. You may have had seven articles of clothing with you for the entire <laughs> three months, which is very un-American. People were here like, blown away by that. And one thing I'll never forget is of the seven articles of clothing you brought, you gave me that one pair of Australian cricket shorts uh, it was like an hour and a half driving the airport. You didn't have to do that, but I still wear the shorts all the time. I was wearing them last weekend down at the beach with some mates. I always get some good compliments. So uh, 
I still wear those things proudly all the time in memory of you. So, uh, and what a weekend we had back then. We'll keep that up. (laughs) Yeah, I want to touch Uh, on that weekend, Michael, because Rufus (laughs) told me that it it was an absolute cracker. Uh, Lots of educational activity, um, a lot of fun in between. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that weekend and how Rubes was? Oh man! Well, Ohio University. They're known for more than just the uh, number one sports management program. Uh, it's a college town. It's it's a lot of fun. More bars than there are people for the most part. And uh, we had ourselves a, a good bit of fun. Drink, drink our, our fair share of Fosters. Uh, played a little golf. Had you sh- you tabbed me up in golf that weekend, I remember. No, 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 no. It was, that was a lot of fun all around. So uh, and now, as soon as this coronavirus is over, Melbourne is is on the top of my list. We've been talking about it for a while, but I I got to get down there. Uh, you know, while we're still here. yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryan and I are big fans of Cricket Australia shorts as well. So if you bring them over too, we can we can all be matching. We'll all match. If I get down there, when I get down there, I'll be one hundred percent sure. And I'm gonna have to bring you some Bengals shorts or something like that to replace the favorite. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Rubes and I prefer the the women's team shorts as well. Um, oh, they're, 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 they're a bit better fit. They're way cooler. Um, oh, they're about half, so, yeah. half the length of any other pair of shorts I own. So <laughs> they are awesome. Now, Michael, what what is going on with the uh, with the NFL at the moment over in Australia? The AFL and NRL have have kicked off without crowds. Uh, what's the plan with the the NFL given the current situation? So NFL, I mean, as far as all the American sports on the timeline of it. The NFL typically doesn't start till late August, early September. So as of right now, not a ton has had to be altered. The draft was online, which was a first. Uh, training camp is still set to happen, most likely without fans. And then as far as the season goes, there's been no true announcements. The schedules come out. Our first game is preseason, which is end of August. And as of now, they haven't made any major announcements as far as if there's going to be fans, how many fans there will be. You know, all of those details are still up in the air. So for right now, from our end, it's just prepare and plan according to normal and then adjust as uh, decisions are made. But I know that the NFL does a pretty good job of waiting until they have as much information as possible before they start making a ton of decisions. And as we know, this with the coronavirus, it's been feels like every couple of weeks there's breaking, you know, everything's completely changed the entire landscape. So. We're kind of hurrying it up and waiting, uh, you know, preparing for the unknown, answering questions we don't have answers to. It's It's been an interesting time. But timeline, you know, it's it could be a lot worse on our end because there's not a whole lot has been affected to this point. Is it a little bit frustrating on your end having one of the great moments in Bengals history and getting Joe Burrow to the uh, to the club and having this coronavirus sort of situation hanging over your head? Oh, absolutely. I know we just, we felt like we had so much momentum having the number one overall pick. And we had, uh, we spent more money this offseason in free agency, uh, than, than we have in a long time. And all this momentum as far as trying to sell sponsorships and to sell season tickets and to sell single game tickets. And none of, no one's been in the office. It's been really hard to capitalize on that. No one's really buying, you know, just as a marketplace right now, uh, based on the unknown and based on businesses, you know, not quite being where they typically are this time of year. So yeah, frustrating from that standpoint, but you know, we're making the most of what we can and still trying to keep our foot on the gas because we do have this momentum and 
we have a really exciting product to put on the field this year. It's just a matter of getting the lads out there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I want to get into the uh, the application process and what it was like for you to uh, enter into an NFL team a bit later on. Um, however, you don't end up in an NFL team unless you build yourself up to be the gun that you are. So can you talk us a bit through your journey through, you know, University of Southern California, not Southern California, South Carolina and Ohio University and um, how your time in college prepared you for the sports industry? For sure. I think the main thing in the sports industry, preparing yourself for a good job and a good career out of school is to make sure that you're working hard and getting experience while you're in school. Uh, That was a huge priority to me. So while I was at South Carolina, which they have a great sports management program, lots of opportunities for me. I worked the Masters Tournament, which is a golf tournament here in the United States for three years while I was there. I interned for the football team on game days, helping out uh, with the hospitality. And then I was actually a manager uh, with the tight ends for the football team for a season. You know, I kind of prided myself on those game days when 90% of the school is out, you know, partying, having a great time. I was behind the scenes. I was one of the first ones there setting things up, uh, you know, setting the scene, working hard so that I could put myself in a good spot to get into grad school and then continue to get a lot of good experience there. And and that really set me up to feel like I had good experience before I had even entered the, the job marketplace. Just on that, I know over in Australia, one of the best ways to start getting experiences in grassroots football clubs, cricket clubs, any sort of sporting club. The system in America is a bit different. Um, it sounds like you've got a lot of your ex- early experience within your college. What what What's the process like with getting experience in sport at a college? Is it similar to over here where you just volunteer? Do you have to apply? What's the process like? So everything I did I applied. I know when I was a manager for the football team, I had a buddy who uh, worked closely with the team, got me in touch with the head equipment manager. Uh, I had an interview with him, came down in a full suit, and all these guys are sitting there in uh, gym shorts and T-shirts like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this isn't, you know, that type of job. But, uh, you know, you got to make the right impression and show up and, you know, answer the questions and be willing to work hard. And that's what I kind of always prided myself on. And with the masters, it was the same thing. We applied through the school. Uh, they sent a couple, a couple kids each year down to the tournament to work. And so I was lucky enough to apply and, uh, somehow made get enough of an impression to, uh, to get land the gig. So most of the time with these type of events, and that's not always the case. There's some events where the bigger events, you know, South Carolina football games, the application process is more like, can you be there? Yes. Well, we got a job for you. So uh, it depends on on the scene, on on what the job is. But for the most part, you're applying, you know, in school down there and at Ohio. You know, there's opportunities for students uh, and you just have to apply and stand out and then go make the most of it and work hard while you're in the while you're in there. Awesome. Um, Let's talk about Ohio quickly. You're doing, you know, awesome things in the NFL. There's a whole bunch of other alumni from that institution doing incredible things in the sports industry around America. What makes the Ohio University Sport Management course the number one ranked course in the world, pending uh, checking that off? <laughs> I, I think it's still, if it's not one, it's two or three. It's up there still. Uh, and it's it has a lot mostly about just 
former students uh, and their willingness to give back. I think it's really special how uh, this network has gotten as big as it has. And you've got athletic directors and you've got people with a lot of different NFL teams and NBA teams and MLB teams and everything in between marketing agencies. Uh, I, you know, I could go on and on and it's that network of people that are willing to help each other uh, goes a long way. I think the, the faculty at, at Ohio is top notch. The projects they're able to get, I was doing projects for two different NFL teams while I was in school. I was working really cool events. Uh, I was getting really practical experience. Uh, the resources they have, the projects, um, the structure of the program being the two different degrees uh, combined into an accelerated two-year course. You're working hard while you're there. Uh, still plenty of time to have fun with your classmates, but you know, you're taking 18 to 20 hours a semester and you're taking you know, nine to five classwork all summer uh, in between the two years. So it's, it's a long, fast two years. If that makes any sense. It goes by so fast, but you're working so hard the whole time. It's, it's, it's a really, really great program. If I wanted to attach myself to the number one sports management course in the world, and for me, it was uh, this sports management course at Notre Dame, Australia and Perth. But if I wanted to get involved in the course at a higher university, how, how do I get in and what's sort of, what's the criteria that you need to fit? So I know this this podcast is is mostly Australian based, and I will say that there are a lot of international students within our program. I think they do a great job of expanding it pretty pretty internationally. So I, I would recommend even if you're listening to this in Australia to take a look uh, at the program. They they are very open and keen to the idea of international students. But uh, to answer your question, I think. Uh, it comes from first and foremost getting that experience beforehand. I think they really look pretty deeply at what have you done, uh, what specifically within sports do you want to do. Uh, I, I know that they're very goal oriented and they can help you in a you know a myriad of ways once you get on campus. But they'd like to know uh, during your application process, you know, specifically within the sports industry, you know, what are you looking to do. Uh, and then the interview process, it's pretty strenuous. There's, I flew in for a day and it's eight hours of interviews. You're interviewing with quite a few different people. But, you know, if you're able to polish yourself and stand out in the application process based on experience and then prepare like crazy for the interviews, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. They, they're they very willing. If you're willing to work hard, they're willing to take you. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I think, Rubes, a few episodes ago, I forgot who it was, but we had a really good discussion around sort of that interview process and sort of mastering being able to sort of tell people why you want to be in sport and what you want to do. So it sounds like with that sort of process, yes, of, of course, a lot of it's sort of in your marks and, you know, can, can you get in obviously first and foremost, but that interview process is key. Um, and selling yourself as to why you want to get into sport and what role do you want to move into in the future. And just on that, it was actually very relevant to uh, something that Jim Kaler, of all people, said to me back in, um, when was it, 2017. Uh, so Jim, uh, you might remember, was the first person who I interviewed on the original video series of Sports Grad Interviews. And uh, I asked him about, you know, what he looks for in graduates when he, you know, when he was working at the Cleveland Cavaliers and, you know, what are certain things that he looks for when he hires hires people? Um, and specific skills was the number one thing he looks for. Like, yes, you can have passion and great that you want to come and hang out and support the team. But if you don't know what you want to do and you don't have this, the skills to, to back up your passion, then 
you know, you know, you know, good to those organizations. I think the best advice I ever got, you know, if I were to go when I interviewed with the Bengals and say, well, I want to work for the Bengals because I'm the biggest Bengals fan in Cincinnati and I've been a Bengals fan since the day I was born. You know, they don't care about that. They, they would love to hear that you're a fan of the team, but that's not what they're looking for in an employee. And I think the same goes for Ohio or with any sports institution. Uh, you touched on it briefly. The Ohio University Bobcat Network, as I think it's known as, or as we're going to title it, uh, is an awesome group to uh, to be a part of. Can you tell us about what it is, you know, why it's set up and, and how it has helped you? So the network, yeah, for lack of a better term there, it's it's really special. It's it's called, you know, we call it a family, the Bobcat family a lot of the time. And it sounds cheesy to say, but it, it really is. Uh, there's been plenty of times where I've leaned on people that I've met maybe once or never before. Uh, and you can reach out in an email and just about anyone that you reach out to is going to pick up the phone and help out a, another Bobcat. There's been times, you know, as I'm going through interviews or I'm trying to learn a new skill or a new job where I've been able to call people and they're always willing to, to take some time out of their day to talk to me, to help me out. You know, people who have been through it before, uh, if you're willing to listen, they're willing to, to help. Uh, I think it's just it's so special. You can look at any industry. We get, you know, we call it the green Bible of, of all the alumni of the program's history and all the different places that people work within that network uh, and any type of practical skill you want to learn, you can basically open that book and find an alumni that has some really good experience there and call them up and ask them for some advice. And it's been something that I've leaned on heavily in the last couple of years. Uh, And it's as much of a resource as you want it to be. And I'm at the point now where I'm just really looking forward to uh, hopefully having some young former Michaels calling me uh, (laughs) asking for my advice. Uh, So uh, you know, it, it's a great thing. There seems to be just on that. I'm siren coming. <laughs> Someone's car. There you Some go. <laughs> the, the mention of little Michael's car is probably a good chance to bring up that you are a Michael Wolfert Jr. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. See, so you are one of the little Michaels that you are that you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, hopefully, someday I can be for my dad, or you know, my dad. For me, I can be towards someone else, you know, a mentor and someone to, to look up to. But right now, I'm just also trying to pay my own way. But I, I want to help as much as I can with others. So, what have been some of the additional experiences that Ohio University has offered you uh, that have benefited your career so far? So, yeah, I, I'm. Ruben mentioned getting to work at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That was really, really cool experience. So, I went out to Vegas twice for two different 10-day stints. So there's a NASCAR event uh, at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, International Speedway. Uh, essentially, I was out there for 10 days helping their marketing team set everything up. And I was uh, managing the entire suite area uh, during race week. So I had about 10 uh, employees, uh, game race day employees underneath me. There was There's quite a few different races over the course of the week. And I was out there managing that, making sure all the hospitality areas were covered. All the sponsors had what they needed. All the clients had, you know, food and beverage. And if they were ordering more, you know, they got it on time and we got it all paid for. So that was an incredible experience. And then a lot of the, you know, graduate assistantship roles. So I wanted to go into the corporate sponsorship side of the business, which obviously I am now. Uh, 
And I got to do that directly with Ohio University's athletic department while I was there as a graduate assistant. So I was working 20 hours a week in the athletic department in a role, essentially doing exactly what I want to do uh, and am doing now. So things like that are just so valuable to, to have legitimate practical experience when I'm coming out of school. Uh, a lot of the projects are unbelievable. We, we did an international consulting trip in Europe where we're working with, you know, uh, European uh, a team in the Netherlands, a football club in the Netherlands, doing projects with them, you know, working with businesses in, in Milan. Uh, that was incredibly cool. That was my first time getting to Europe, uh, just the resources and going back on that, just unbelievable. I got to do two projects with NFL teams that actually, you know, really benefited me with getting the job that I have today. I stayed really tight with one of the guys that I worked with on the project and we can get into that a little bit later, but, um, yeah, there's, there's so many projects, so many mentors I've gained, uh, so many, so many experiences, I uh, go on and on forever. Yeah. I, I think that right there shows just some of the different opportunities you can get in, in, uh, America compared to Australia. Like the fact that you can get some experience in a role that you want to get to within your university's sort of athletic department is amazing. Like, you, you've basically already had experience in a role in, in a almost like a full-time role at, while you're at uni, which would have been an absolutely amazing experience. Um, but yeah, I think just think so lucky that you can, you can have that. I know with Australian universities, like the sport is on no sort of level to that of the U S but I just think that's such a benefit to, to go to university over there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think just on that, I think what America's really set up well to do is to provide more formalized positions in those areas so if you look at the australian equivalent while they haven't while we haven't got college sport to the same extent that america does there are those still as opportunities at grassroots level but i guess you know there's more onus on people to to create those roles for themselves because they're not always set in stone they are made up of volunteers and so the opportunity is really there for those who who want to create it for themselves. So it's awesome to see that, um, you know, the size and scale of, of uh, college sport in, in America allows students such as yourself, Michael, to, to get those experiences really early on in your career. No doubt. It definitely, you know, coming out of school, being able to have the, you know, one to two years of experience in this field to apply for the job that I did uh, while I was a student. Uh, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying it's, it's absolutely massive. Mm. And that, no, that's just one of like the um, the biggest frustrations that I hear with students is that you know like oh I need I need industry experience to get a job how do I get industry experience whereas America sounds like they've got a great system whereas where you can study and work at the same time because your your university is also a massive sporting club at the same time that's got heaps of opportunities so um, gosh maybe we should just go to America right. I think. <laughs> Oh, I think that shit might have sailed. <laughs> well, I haven't done a master's program yet, so maybe we can go to OU. Yeah. Well, we've got Michael now just to sort of push us through the process, so um, that'll be fine. That's all good. Yeah, you can be our referee. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Michael, just want to shift um, over to your time at the Bengals and just from the from the start, can you sort of talk us through um, the sort of the entire process in getting the job and where did the job appear and what were the what was the interview process like? 
Sure. So touched on how, you know, my projects with OU kind of helped me there. And so one, one project I did uh, specifically, I was working with the New York Jets, which is another NFL team. Uh, we were doing a sponsorship uh, project with them, trying to figure out some new prospects, flew up to New York City to present it to them. It was an awesome, awesome experience to get to be a part of. Um, and the guy who we worked with on the project, uh, Andrew Agro, actually is his name. He's their senior director of corporate partnerships. Uh, he and I hit it off really well. We, we stayed in touch after the project. Uh, you know, just an amazing mentor to this day to me. We still talk on a monthly basis. And around that time, it was May of, I guess, last year, right as I was graduating. So, you know, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to a lot of people just about the job process and, you know, interviews and applying to different positions. And he was helping me a ton. I was talking to him almost on a weekly basis at this point. And my dad, you know, people that I trust, people that I respect. Um, and he, one of his, not classmates, but friends from OU. He, so he also went to OU actually. Uh, and one of his friends from OU was, who was now my boss, uh, he was just posted a job with the Bengals and I didn't even know if I wanted to go into the NFL. The NFL's really tough to get into. It's, it's a tough industry just to make it in, in the first place. And I had a couple other opportunities knocking at the door. I received a few offers from a few different programs, but he said, you know, this is basically the role that I started in. It's going to leapfrog your career into the next dimension. Uh, talk to this guy, see if it's something you're interested in applying to. So he introduced me. We talked. Uh, Ryan Holmes, amazing guy as well. Uh, I ended up applying for the position. And not to say this in a way that comes off conceited, but just to give you an idea of how competitive the NFL is. They later told me, I think, around 800 people applied for this role. Um, Far, yeah. Having the, the opportunity to talk to him before applying uh, was huge. And then I think they had gave about 25 phone interviews, something like that. Uh, you know, kind of your classic interview, talk about your experience, talk about yourself. Um, and then that goes back to just the experience I had built during college. And then the experience I had built while I was in grad school, uh, just so practical and helpful. Uh, next thing I know, I received an in-person interview. I think there was maybe four people that had in-person interviews. So, Flew out to Cincinnati. I'd never been to Cincinnati before. I was home in North Carolina at the time. Flew up to Cincinnati. Was there for like three hours. Flew back, uh, you know, to my bed. <laughs> I'm thinking that night. <laughs> kind of a weird a weird day. But, uh, you know, clicked super well with everyone. Everyone in that office I could not speak higher of. Amazing people that I love and respect. Uh, I guess, you know, for whatever reason, they liked me. Uh, and uh, that, you know, the rest was history. I, I moved moved to Cincinnati a few weeks later. So it was, it was quite the process, uh, really rewarding process. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being amazing. Great people there. That's awesome. I, I love at the start how you uh, just casually did a project with the New York Jets. I thought, yeah. gosh, that is, I, that is I, unreal. I didn't want to stop here. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, that's a pretty, you know, pretty standard kind of opportunity. Like, just fly out to yeah. New York and just present something to them. That will be fine. Yeah, Classic classroom project. Yeah, that um, always happens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just expect that, you know, it's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, um, but um, so, the, so there's 800 people going for this role 
how within 800 people how do you make sure that you stand out in the in the initial stages say your goal is to get to the the next round where you're one of 25 and, and then for an interview how do you how do you make sure that you get through the first round of of being shortlisted i think it comes a little bit with good timing uh and a lot with you know just hard work and being at the right place in the right time for me i just i i had made a uh, a good reputation, I guess, with my project with the Jets. Uh, and Andrew ended up you know, writing me a letter of recommendation, walking me through the process. I was prepared as heck for that first interview. You know, you control what you can control, come knowing as much as you can about yourself to where, you know, it always feels kind of weird and braggy to talk about yourself in an interview and about your skills and your strengths and, you know, why you're going to be the best person for this role. You just feel awkward, like talking about yourself in that light, but you can do it in a way where you're referencing your experience more so than talking about how great you are. Uh, and then just, you know, so I, I like to just look at my resume before any interview and just feel really familiar with all of the experience that I have and, you know, what skills I learned, where doing what things. And then it's always incredibly important to come with questions of your own. Uh, so for me, things like the culture, you know, what are things you've seen in people in this role in the past that have made them really good at their role? You know, what do you look for in this role? How can I be good at this role? What do I need to do between now and then to be, put myself in the best spot to be good at this role? So just asking the right questions, asking educated questions to where you portray to them that, you are very interested in this role and you're going to work as hard as you can to do whatever you can to get it and to be the best, you know, partnership coordinator or whatever it may be that you can. That's how I approached it. What were, um, what was the interview actually like? How long did it go for? What sort of things did they ask you? Um, just trying to gather how, how it might differ from, you know, the process within Australia or other parts of the world. Right. Uh, so, you know, then the, the Phone interview is probably a standard interview uh, that you'd get anywhere. It's more so just, you know, going through your resume and figuring out kind of your personality, I guess. When I flew up to Cincinnati, it was a lot more of, you know, they want to know, you know, are you able to maintain under stress and timelines and juggling multiple projects at the same time? Like they're really challenging you and your limits uh, a lot of it also was, you know, we did like a tour of the stadium with what ended up being my coworkers just to kind of have a casual time, but you're also still being interviewed. So you, you want to come across as someone that they want to be around, obviously, because that's what half of, and if you're at that point in an interview, you make it to the in-person, you have, you know, the qualifications, it comes down to, are you someone that they're going to want to be around? Is this someone that we are going to be able to rely on and fall back on when, you know, things at the fan. Uh, so you want to be able to be someone that can be around other people and, you know, uplifting and positive, but also hardworking. So you have to kind of portray all that at once without coming across too nervous, <laughs> uh, and confident in yourself, but not cocky. So there's a fine line in the interview. It's, it's, they're testing you, uh, in casual settings and then they're testing you in formal settings. So my coworkers more in the casual setting and then my soon-to-be bosses in more of a formal professional setting. But you're wearing a suit. You're sitting in a conference room uh, for the majority of it. And, uh, you know, it's it's an interview. So you're, you've got the spotlight on you and you got to perform. 
I love how America has gone above and beyond, even to, kiss, to even to test how good of a cultural fit you're going to be within the organisation. I know, uh, like Ryan and I often talk about how that's often an area that people forget about to include in their application, just to you know show a bit of their personality through the whole process, um, and through some of the processes that we've been through. The only opportunity you really get is, you know, through your application, your cover letter, your resume, and then when you're in the half an hour, 45-minute interview. So I love hearing that the Bengals have taken the time out to just do a walk of the stadium with you just to get to know you a bit better, to see um, how you're going to fit in, um, and that's actually a a key part of the the application process too. And it goes to show, I mean, it's a great culture, great people in that organization, and that doesn't happen by coincidence i think i think when they put the time in and do their due diligence you end up getting something pretty special so and um where were you and who were you with when you got the call to say you were successful and how how did you react oh that was a great day so when i first got the call knowing that i made the uh phone interview i was down playing golf at the beach shocker uh with some of my some of my mates and you know we were all fired up and i'm trying to keep it cool and figure out, you know, when I'm going to fly up and the details there. And that was just just a rush of excitement because, you know, you work so hard and prepared so much. Uh, and, you know, it's coming coming together, but you're still not quite there. And then I was actually home with my family when I got the call that I got the job. And uh, that was just an absolute rush of emotion and excitement and, you know, a time of celebration. Probably went and booked a tea time every day for the next week just – because I, I, you know, I had a few job offers, but this is the one that I really wanted. So it was just such a, a relief to to know that I had finally done it. You know, I, I was going to have a job I, that I really was excited about. Um, but then you, you can only celebrate so much because I'm moving to a new city and I got to figure out where the heck I'm going to live and how I'm going to get there and all that good stuff. So <laughs> it, was, oh, it was a great, great, great day. One I'll never forget, that first job. Uh, this special. That's awesome. I, I had a similar experience. I was in the middle of studying for exams and I got my full-time job at Cricket Australia and thought, well, I don't need these anymore, so <laughs> I might just um, might just book in a few more tea times. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that's bad, adbi- bad advice. Continue studying for exams if you're, I, if you're going through uni. I took, the, um, <laughs> I took the afternoon off studying, I think. Um, so what uh, what did your role as partnership activation coordinator involve? So with my first year, it was a lot of uh, a lot of different hats. So the Bengals organization, it's pretty um, lean. Uh, they they rely on us to do a lot of different things, which I absolutely loved about it. I, I got to you know dip my toes in a ton of different buckets this year. I, I so you know my main job, especially now, but even then was managing our sponsorship, our corporate sponsorship clients. So we have all these clients that have contracts with us marketing uh, in different facets of our organization. So I was in charge of executing those contracts once they were sold, uh, making sure that everything that these sponsors are paying for are getting executed in a timely manner and getting executed in a way that's going to be successful for them. Uh, so I, I handled that. I ran actually all of our community events. Uh, so we have, we have quite a few community partners, uh, that we work with. So I was, I oversaw those events, which was an incredibly fulfilling aspect of the job. Uh, on game days, I ran what was called our jungle zone. So 
this was kind of our hospitality area outside the stadium where we had a band. Uh, you know, we'd have food trucks, we'd have inflatable games for kids, we'd have face painting, we'd have some of our sponsors would come set up out there with, you know, whether it was Kia had you know a couple cars out there. I, I had to kind of oversee that whole area. Uh, I handled all of our signage within the stadium this past year. So any signs that we have, like any signs at all, uh, I was the guy who was in charge of getting those uh, changed you out. Were the, you were the sign guy. I was the sign guy. <laughs> uh, we had a woman in the kids club that I had to, I ran both of those as well. So we had monthly newsletters and events every so often uh, that I, that I oversaw. Um, and then, Outside of that, you know, we had grants. So with our community partners, they apply for grants through our foundation or through the NFL's foundation that they're applying to get, you know, charity money, uh, philanthropy money. And so I oversaw that process as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of different hats, but uh, it's really, really cool uh, to be a part of all of those things. Sounds like a super cool role and uh, very similar to what you do at the moment, Ryan, actually. So I might have to yeah. leave you and Mike to, to continue chatting later. <laughs> yeah, I think we could probably chat for hours on all things uh, partnership activations. <laughs> It'd be great fun. <laughs> Money can't buy us. <laughs> um, so, Mike, uh, how does your role as partnership uh, account coordinator differ to what you were doing previously? So now my role is a lot more specialized. Uh, the number of clients I have has over doubled. Uh, and this has been just really the last couple months that my role has changed. I've kind of semi been promoted, I guess, um, to where it's, I, I'm a lot more client facing. So it's almost strictly clients. It's no, no more community, no more clubs. Uh, I'm still sign guy right now just because we're a little short staffed with the coronavirus. So at least I get to keep my sign guy status. Nothing to be ashamed of. Being the dying <laughs> guy, I think that's fantastic. You gotta, gotta remember your roots. Where you, <laughs> uh, you, you might have a new nickname when you get back to the office. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, you know, there's worse things than time guy, though. Um, so, so with the new role, it's it's a lot more clients uh, that I'm managing accounts for. It's a lot more prospecting uh, for new new potential clients. I'm going on a lot more of those meetings uh, with potential clients. I'm, I'm a lot more involved in the renewal process. If we're looking to, you know, start a new deal with our current sponsors, uh, I'm meeting with a lot more of our prospects, trying to make sure that, you know, their mission is still aligned with what the contract states and we're executing it the way that they want it to be executed. Um, so it's, it's a lot more specialized. It's a lot more client facing and it's, it's more so moving me in the direction of my career that I want to be moving in. So definitely a positive. And you mentioned Kia as being one of your um, key brands that you worked with, but who are some of the other brands that you work with and how do they um, how do they activate their partnership? Yeah, I, I wrote down just a couple of complete – there's so many different ways clients can activate with an NFL team. Uh, obviously, we're pretty much the biggest thing in this city, so there's so many different things they can do. Just yesterday uh, – one of our partners, Kimberly Clark, uh, a lot of um, women's brands as far as, you know, women's health and wellness brands. I actually did a a yoga event on the field of our stadium that I kind of, that I ran Uh, this year. It had to be virtual uh, and streamed like what we're doing right here, uh, as opposed to having all the ladies out to the field for the event, but stuff like that. It's all the time. The Hillman group, uh, another partner of ours, they do a, 
a charitable car wash every year uh, where we raise money. We bring players out, uh, you know, the mascot, cheerleaders, you name it, you know, prizes, try and raise as much money as possible for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I mentioned Kia. Uh, we have Dannon. Uh, they have, uh, you know, an Oikos yogurt company. They do a lot on social media or on our website uh, where they're kind of doing their stronger is better campaigns and they're campaigning through our digital platforms uh, nationwide. Another partner of ours, they sponsor our Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. So every team has a Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate who was, uh, you know, honored for their philanthropic efforts with the team this past year. Ours was Giovanni Bernard. So they completely sponsor, you know, that uh, in the month of December for the most part. Um, and that's really just kind of a few, few of our partners, a few very different things that they do with us. Uh, you know, the, the children's hospital here in town, they sponsor our play 60 events. So we bring out uh, lesser fortunate elementary school kids uh, in the area out to the stadium. We did it five weeks last year where uh, we brought all these kids out and we have all these different stations and they're, you know, running around, you know, exercising for 60 minutes. And then we've got, I'll kind of introduce a couple of the players and they'll come talk to them about eating right and exercising and the benefits of that. And, you know, just these type of life lessons that these kids get to learn uh, through coming here and, and hanging out with us for a day. So super cool to, to work with so many different great organizations, obviously, and, and use the platform that we have in the NFL uh, for good, especially within our community. So that's one of, mm. if not the most fulfilling parts of of the job that I have right now. I think one of the uh, the coolest activations that you just mentioned was yoga on Bengals Stadium. I can definitely see yoga on the MCG as being something that would have a bit of interest for Rubes. I'm not sure about, about you, but I'd love oh, to get involved in that. Oh, me too. It'd be a great way to bring people to the cricket. Uh, if only we had done this podcast about two days ago, I could have I could have plugged the event. Million uh, <laughs> <laughs> <million> viewers, just <laughs> the daylight. But maybe well, next year. Oh, shout out to our American listeners; they would they'd be listening today, so I'm sure they can uh, they can definitely get involved now that they know um, that that's on the cards over there. So, what what do you think? Say top three. Um, uh, top three of your favorite and coolest projects that you've been involved in so far at the Bengals? Sure. Uh, I think my the coolest just experience for me personally, uh, we had an alumni centennial. So it was the 100th year of the NFL this year, the centennial year of the NFL. We had what was called a centennial weekend where we wanted to, you know, pay homage and thank the fans, you know, for their support over the 100 years of the NFL. And we did uh, a night uh, where we had 10 of the greatest, really, Bengals legends of all time back in Cincinnati for the weekend. Uh, they were dispersed to a bunch of different high school football games uh, on Friday night before our home game on Sunday to go either, you know, just participate however they could, either be a part of the coin toss or, you know, do go out with the captains before the game, get a speech in the locker room, be on the sideline, whatever it may be. And I... Uh, I got to hang out with, I don't know how much you guys know about the NFL or the listeners, but I'm sure some people have heard of Chad Johnson before, who's probably the most famous Bengal of all time, known for his funny celebrations and awesome personality. So I got to spend an entire Friday night hanging out with him, going to a high school football game together. And it was literally me and him. And, you know, we had a couple 
a couple other people with us, but for the most part, I was, I got to hang out with him for an entire night and just get to know him. That was an incredibly cool, incredibly cool just day uh, in the job uh, from a selfish standpoint. My other probably two favorite things we did, what's called a service member spotlight. So each home weekend, we would pay honor to a member of our active military uh, and bring him or her out and with three guests and they would get to come hang out on the sideline pregame before the game. They'd get to sit in some great seats, get honored during the first quarter of the game. And, and I always got to coordinate that. So I get to call this service member, tell them that they are going to be coming to the Bengals game and standing on the sideline and being honored at the game, which, you know, it, it meant so much to these guys or girls to, to come out and be a part of that. And for me to be the bearer of good news and then get to, meet them on game day and hang out with them on the sideline and just see their faces light up and take pictures of them uh, that and just, you know, give back to them for all that they do, obviously for our country. It was uh, an incredible, just it was one of my favorite parts of every game day. Uh, game days are so fulfilling in so many ways, but that was an incredible, incredible one. Uh, and then we had another program called dive, right? Uh, which is diversity and inclusion uh, done right program. So we took some, uh, active police within the Cincinnati area, some active players from our team. I think about 15 players joined us and then some lesser fortunate kids from the Cincinnati area. we all come in. We ran a flag football league uh, once a week for like eight weeks during the fall. They would come in for an hour and they would do a lesson on diversity and inclusion with, you know, these young kids, police officers and Bengals players would all come in and they would work together and, you know, learn really valuable life lessons on character and you know, development. And then they would all go play flag football on the Bengals field. Uh, so that was a, an awesome, awesome uh, experience as well. Those are probably, I would say my top three, all for different reasons, but uh, just really cool. Just the NFL, they do so many great things. Uh, and Just to be, be a part of it and see the change that it genuinely makes in these people's lives. Uh, it's special. That's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience with us today. We often kind of, you know, wonder and and uh, marvel at the the size and scale of the sports industry over in America. To so to see, you know how, um, you know how it's operating. You know, not only just at like the top level within the NFL, but all the way down to to college sport as well, and the opportunities that there are along the way. And, and, you know, the great lengths that they go to to select their candidates from a field of 800 worthy participants and then they come out with one gun in yourself, Michael, um, is awesome to hear about and really cool to see all the hard work that you've put in over over a long, long time to, to get to this point now where you're, where you're having those moments where you're finding a lot of purpose and, um, and pride in your job. So thank you so much for your time today. It's been awesome to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, guys. Pleasure's all mine and, you know, maybe – Sometime later on in the spring or next fall, you know, love to come back on once you guys, you guys are already booming up the charts here. So uh, anytime you want me, I'm happy to come back. Always good catching up with, with you. Awesome. Fantastic. And to those out there listening, thank you for listening to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. If you've enjoyed the episode, we would love it if you subscribed, rated, and left us a review. It really does mean so much to us. Plus, it goes a long way to helping us get ripping guests on the podcast such as Mike. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. Thank you.